This audiobook of the original America Burning was produced by the Firefighter Podcast Combustible. More details on this project can be found online at www.combustiblethepodcast.com. The audio for this recording is consistent with all copyright rights and permissions associated with America Burning and is not affiliated with or endorsed in any way by the federal government or the U.S. Fire Administration. Chapter 16. Fire Safety for the Home Of the 8,000 Americans who die in building fires every year, 9 out of 10 die at home. Firefighters find their bodies beyond the wall of fire or smoke that blocks escape, sometimes only a few feet from a window or door. But often, too, they are found where they slept. Smoke and toxic gases never gave them a chance. The nearly 700,000 fires that occur in American homes annually produce losses exceeding $874 million. That figure tells only part of the story. In addition to structural damage, the losses include personal possessions, often acquired after years of work and saving, often objects of sentimental attachment, whose value cannot be described in dollar figures. The losses will grow. Presently, there are about 68 million occupied dwelling units in the United States, and new units are being added at a rate of 2 million a year. Considering this growth and taking into account the demolition of old units, we can project annual property losses from residence fires approaching $1 billion by 1980, unless major steps are taken to combat the problem. Residence fires are not a simple problem, but a welter of interacting factors. Combustible interior finishes and furnishings, flammable clothing, and poor interior design from the standpoint of fire safety contribute to the heavy toll. The ignorance, confusion, or panic in people's response to fire helps to account for the fatalities. So does the lack of even elementary precautions, such as never smoking in bed and never leaving children home alone. So, too, does the lack of positive steps, such as installing early warning fire detectors or extinguishing devices, and rehearsing with the family various escape plans. Fire Awareness in the Home in Chapter 15, we recommended a concerted national effort in fire safety education, including a multimedia public service advertising campaign. Obviously, a major emphasis in this broad-based effort should be fire safety in the home. Americans must be educated to sound practices in the home to prevent fires from starting, and they must be also educated to react properly when a fire is discovered, to save their lives and those of their families. Thousands of Americans die needlessly because they react counterproductively when they discover a fire. Many waste precious minutes trying to put out a fire before awakening the family or calling the fire department. Others open hot doors, attempt to dash through thick smoke, or in confusion, or under the influence of a toxic gas, fail to think of the most obvious measures for escape. The National Fire Protection Association and the Fire Marshals Association of North America have devised a program called Operation Edith, Exit Drills in the Home. In a community that adopts Operation Edith, well-publicized efforts are made to encourage families to devise and rehearse plans for getting the family out of the house in the event of a fire. The publicity often includes demonstration of such steps as installing escape ladders and, when a fire happens, covering the nose and mouth with a wet cloth and crawling along the floor to avoid smoke. The commission supports the Operation Edith plan and recommends its acceptance and implementation both individually and community-wide. Dwelling Inspections by Fire Departments Though regrettably few fire departments conduct adequate evaluations of their programs, 
Some have reported as much as 15 to 30 percent reduction in dwelling fires or life loss as a result of undertaking a program of home inspections. In 1972, Baltimore reported a 47 percent decrease in dwelling fires and a 38 percent reduction in lives lost from the year before and attributed a significant portion of these reductions to the city's dwelling inspection program. Not surprisingly, inspection programs appear to be most effective in neighborhoods where losses are ordinarily high. Only a portion of the nation's 27,500 fire departments conduct residential inspections. In the Commission's survey of fire departments, only 20% of the 10,000 respondents reported inspecting more than 10% of the residences in their community each year. In addition to locating fire hazards in the home, residential inspections can serve to heighten citizens' awareness of fire's threat and to teach them life-saving precautions and emergency procedures. Inspections can promote respect for the fire department and underscore its interest in saving lives and minimizing losses. In addition, inspections can serve to attract new members to the fire service. Most important, residential inspections used as educational opportunities as well as for identifying hazards could save thousands of lives a year. The Commission recommends that annual home inspections be undertaken by every fire department in the nation. Further, federal financial assistance to fire jurisdictions should be contingent upon their implementation of effective home fire inspection programs. This recommendation is not meant to preclude federal planning and implementation assistance to help fire jurisdictions undertake a program of residential inspections. Small and volunteer fire departments that have manning problems, particularly during daytime hours, should be encouraged to use women volunteers as residential fire prevention inspectors. Cities that have health educator aides or other community workers in low-income neighborhoods, as described in Chapter 15, could utilize these workers to supplement the fire department's residential inspection program. It is important that inspectors be carefully selected and trained. They must be able not only to spot hazards, but to deal graciously and effectively with the public. In this regard, it would be appropriate for the proposed National Fire Academy to develop model curricula for the training of residential inspectors. Care must also be taken to assure citizens that the inspections are advisory only and limited to matters of fire safety. Inspectors will not be welcomed into homes when they are suspected of searching for unlicensed dogs or housing code violations. To be successful, inspection programs must be evaluated. It is important for the nation to know what kinds of inspection programs work and what kinds don't. At the very least, comparisons should be made between the 12 months preceding a new inspection program and the first 12 months following, as well as between the last year of a program and the year after it has dropped. Home Fire Detection Most Americans who die in home fires die during the nighttime hours. Usually, it is smoke, toxic gases, or lack of oxygen, not fire itself, that kills them. In countless instances, these lives would be saved if the victims were awakened to the presence of a fire in its early stages. There are, on the market, approved devices designed to detect smoke or other products of combustion, not heat alone, which can be detected only in a fire's advanced stage, and sound an alarm. In a Canadian study, the investigators concluded that 41% of recent fire victims in Ontario could have been saved if their dwellings had been equipped with early warning detectors. Extrapolated to the United States, this would be a saving of 2,600 lives every year. The National Fire Protection Association, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, 
and the International Association of Fire Chiefs, among others, support the use of early warning detectors in homes. Those who testified to this Commission on Fire Safety in the home were unanimous in favoring widespread use of early warning detectors. At a minimum, most advocates feel there should be an early warning detector on the ceiling near each sleeping area in the house. Some believe a system of heat detectors is an adequate substitute, but only if there are many more of them located throughout the house. There is a consensus that only devices approved by nationally recognized testing laboratories, such as Underwriters Laboratories or Factory Mutual Research Corporation, should be used. The Commission urges Americans to protect themselves and their families by installing approved early warning fire detectors and alarms in their homes. Fire departments should encourage the installation of approved early warning fire detectors in the course of their residential inspections. In the course of subsequent inspections, they should then check to see that the devices are in working order. Representatives of numerous insurance companies have expressed to the Commission the desire to increase their efforts to reduce life and property losses and injuries by fire. Encouraging Americans to provide fire protection in their homes would be a major contribution. And the Commission recommends that the insurance industry develop incentives for policyholders to install approved early warning fire detectors in their residences. There could also be tax incentives. The Commission urges Congress to consider amending the Internal Revenue Code to permit reasonable deductions from income tax for the cost of installing approved detection and alarm systems in homes. Such a provision would not only offer a financial incentive, but would serve to draw public attention to the importance of fire safety in the home. Public awareness of the value of early warning fire detectors would be enhanced if, as we recommended in Chapter 11, all of the nation's model codes would specify at least a single station early warning detector outside sleeping areas in every dwelling unit. Here and there, fire detection systems have become legal requirements for residences. Since 1958, Quincy, Massachusetts has required fire detection and alarm devices in all new single-family dwellings. The village of Bayside, Wisconsin has a similar ordinance and also requires that occupants perform maintenance checks on the detection systems and report on a standard form to the Chief of Public Safety annually or face a $200 fine. In Ohio, the state fire code now requires a single station fire detector in all new one, two, and three family dwellings. At the federal level, the Department of Housing and Urban Development requires early warning fire detectors in multiple family dwellings and care facilities, such as hospitals and nursing homes, insured or assisted by the department. HUD recently extended the requirement to insured or assisted one- and two-family dwellings. The 18,000 mobile homes that HUD provided to Pennsylvania's victims of Hurricane Agnes in 1972 were equipped with early warning detectors and are serving as a testing ground for the devices. The National Bureau of Standards is collecting data on the experience with these detectors to evaluate their performance, including any tendency of causes other than fire to activate the alarm, and to aid in the development of installation and maintenance requirements. Certainly, the technology of early warning detectors can be improved, and with a substantial market assured, the costs of these devices can be brought within the reach of low-income families. Manufacturers are working toward improvements in both directions, and their efforts are likely to accelerate when the devices catch on. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration, the National Science Foundation, and the National Bureau of Standards are supporting work to improve the detectors. All of these efforts deserve coordination. The Commission recommends that the proposed United States Fire Administration monitor the progress of research and development on early warning detection systems in both industry and government 
and provide additional support for research and development where it is needed. Long-term studies might investigate the possibility of coupling early warning detection with household commodities, such as electrical wiring or telephones, or with such commonly used objects as lamps or light bulbs. In addition to on-premises detectors and alarms, another avenue of exploration is the coupling of fire detection with cable television. The Federal Communications Commission requires commercial suppliers of cable TV to provide the capability to transmit a signal upstream from the subscriber, as well as downstream from the transmitter. Several cities, including Pensacola, Florida, Atlanta, and a suburb of Chicago, are experimenting with means of transmitting fire alarms automatically by cable to summon aid. Automatic Fire Extinguishing Systems Where early warning detectors and automatic extinguishing systems are used in combination, the protection to lives and property is enhanced greatly over that afforded by detectors alone. Automatic sprinklers are expensive. While they are feasible for high-rise and other large buildings, they are too costly for installation in the average home. Research and development are needed toward automatic extinguishing systems that will be cheap, aesthetically acceptable, and adaptable to existing homes as well as new construction. The Commission recommends that the proposed U.S. Fire Administration support the development of the necessary technology for improved automatic extinguishing systems that would find ready acceptance by Americans in all kinds of dwelling units. Automatic extinguishing systems in residences would not only save lives and reduce direct losses from fire, but would also reduce other expenses to the nation, such as the costs of treating burn and smoke injuries, insurance costs, both premiums and payouts, and the costs of maintaining fire departments. The developers of Disney World in Florida, who have installed sprinkler systems in residential buildings such as hotels and apartments, and smoke detectors in single-family dwellings, report that there have been savings in insurance rates and, just as important, savings in the costs of maintaining fire departments. Protection of Mobile Homes Mobile homes possess some special fire danger characteristics. Among these are their small size, close proximity of heaters and kitchens to sleeping areas, the concentration of combustible materials, lack of adequate escape doors in many cases, and a higher combustibility of interior finishes than in most site-built homes. Mobile homes are the fastest burning of all homes. More than 7 million Americans live in mobile homes, and mobile homes currently account for 95% of homes sold for under $15,000. Mobile homes presently are being manufactured at a rate well exceeding 500,000 per year. While the incidence of fire in mobile homes is about the same or less than in conventional homes, data indicate results are often more serious when a fire occurs. The Office of the State Fire Marshal of Oregon has compiled some of the most complete records available on fire losses in mobile homes. They have reported from data covering the period 1965 through 1971. The ratio of fatalities per fire in mobile homes is 2.74 times greater than for standard dwellings. The loss-to-value ratio per fire in mobile homes is 3.84 times greater than standard dwellings. Average mobile home fire losses are greater than average losses in standard dwellings by a ratio of 1.62 to 1. $1,477 per fire average to $909 average for standard dwellings. A number of individuals and organizations have pursued improvements in mobile home safety. Congressman Lou Frey, Jr. of Florida introduced in 1972 the first National Mobile Home Safety Act. Federal action to protect owners of mobile homes is justified, since the federal government buys mobile homes for disaster victims and other uses, and 
through the Federal Housing Administration, provides mortgage insurance for a limited but growing number of mobile homes. In addition, the National Fire Protection Association has devised a standard, NFPA 501B, which has been approved by the American National Standards Institute for the design and construction of mobile homes to provide fire safety. This standard has been criticized as not stringent enough. For example, there are no interior finish requirements for molding, doors, trim, cabinets, and splash panels, all of which can contribute to the rapid spread of fire. Nor are early warning fire detectors required. The Commission recommends that the National Fire Protection Association and the American National Standards Institute jointly review the standard for mobile homes and seek to strengthen it, particularly in such areas as interior finished materials and fire detection. The NFPA ANSI standard is advisory only, and many state and local jurisdictions have failed to enact a code for mobile homes equivalent to that standard. The Commission recommends that all political jurisdictions require compliance with NFPA ANSI standard for mobile homes, together with additional requirements for early warning fire detectors and improved fire resistance of materials. These requirements will be effective only if they are enforced adequately through inspection both at the point of manufacture and the final site of each mobile home. Because of zoning requirements, mobile home parks are frequently located outside of cities and hence, far from fire departments and adequate water supplies. This means that the parks themselves must provide safeguards against destructive fire, as the National Fire Protection Association has recognized in its Standard on Mobile Home Parks, NFPA 501A. The Commission recommends that state and local jurisdictions adopt the NFPA Standard on Mobile Home Parks as a minimum mode of protection for the residents of these parks. Citizens' Responsibilities there are millions of Americans who invest heavily in chain locks and burglar alarms, who keep guns in their homes and under store counters to supplement the protection they get from police departments. Very few of these Americans have paused to consider the wisdom of providing their own fire protection. Consistent with the prevailing American attitude toward fire protection in the home, the burden of protecting lives and property in residential fires is borne overwhelmingly by the public in the form of fire departments. The inadequacy of this reliance is conveyed by a single word, time. It takes time to discover a fire, time to notify the fire department, time for the fire department to reach the scene, and time for firefighters to bring the fire under control. Every passing second weighs the odds more heavily in favor of the fire and against the victims. The attitude of the Japanese, who for centuries built their homes of very flammable materials, contrasts sharply. There, a destructive fire disgraces the person who allows it to happen. Once upon a time, it was sufficient cause for crucifixion. A Japanese proverb translates, There is no one who fails to get excited when the neighbor's house is on fire. That is, distant troubles do not interest people. It is only when a problem comes close to home that they are willing to do something. Before Americans will take the steps to protect themselves and their families, the threat of fire must be brought close to home. Thus, a need underlying many others is to educate Americans to recognize the dangerous enemy they have in destructive fire. If fire consciousness could be instilled in Americans, then one could envision the day when every American home will have its own automatic fire department, an alarm that rescues the family and automatically activates the extinguishers that put out the fire. Then, thousands of lives would be saved every year. Millions of dollars of the nation's resources would be saved from ruin. 
hospitals could be emptied of beds for burn and smoke injury patients, fire departments could be paired to a fraction of their present size, and fire insurance might be as cheap as dog licenses.